0: Welcome to the unofficial Boston Celtics Reddit podcast. My name is Ben Vallis and I'm joined by, for the first time of hopefully many times, my mate Jackson. Jackson, how are you, mate?
1: I'm good. Ben, yourself?
0: Yeah, great, man. Uh, thanks for joining me on this. I think it's going to be fun.
1: No, my pleasure. I love uh, love talking about the Celtics in my own time. So if uh, I can record it and put it on the internet and I feel like I've achieved something and it's, uh, yeah, no, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So we're uh, two regular Celtics subreddit users and... We decided it'd be cool to start a podcast where we basically discuss the team through the scope of the top posts of our beloved sub. This should make for a pretty good angle for not only discussion around the Celtics, but also to highlight and discuss the current talking points and sort of hot topics around the team. Aside from the Locked On Celtics podcast, I'm not aware of many other quality Celtics podcasts. so Hopefully this can be something like that and provide a little extra droplet of Celtics content in your life. Now, we're actually launching this pod amidst a bit of a drought in Celtics games and, unfortunately, Celtics wins as well. Uh, We haven't had a game since that pretty deflating loss to the Clippers on Friday uh, or Thursday if you're in the States. But um, we have had the All-Star game, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, uh, Jackson, any thoughts? What do you think?
1: Well, I sent you an email. I think during the first quarter, and I think my final line of the email was, "How dead is this All Star game?" Because they were playing yeah. defense, but they weren't really playing defense, and there were threes getting jacked up. They weren't really going in. I thought this isn't, along with like you know the, the dunk contest and like the, the malaise that that kind of has been in, bar like the other I think it was two years ago, um, yeah. has not really been that exciting. But I thought the game itself, as it went on, particularly that fourth quarter, was outstanding. Like it was really it was really cool just to see how the players all meshed together. Like being a bit different from the previous All Star um, formats that um, the teams. Were picked in each other and that was a story within itself but um yeah that ending was fantastic obviously I thought Kyrie um in the fourth quarter became a bit more prominent you could see him still remembers how to play with LeBron he was finding yeah. him quite often and uh contributing to his um statistics uh no doubt but um yeah no he had a fantastic game I thought obviously being on the winning team helps as well Al Horford <laughs> a little bit quieter obviously he probably wasn't the um one of the draw cards of Steph's team but um you know six two and five it's not a um it's not an unfamiliar stat line from, from Al Horford, but, but having said that, still very quiet. But um, overall, look, they didn't get injured. They didn't embarrass themselves. Not that we thought that would happen anyway, but um, some players didn't cover themselves in glory. Uh, James Harden, I thought, was pretty average. Looked yeah. Pretty, his industry, don't you think so, Ben?
0: Did you, did you see that uh, clip uh, just as they were going to halftime? I think that it was posted on RNBA where uh, the, the halftime buzzer went and James Harden is walking past uh, LeBron James and LeBron James is just kind of like laughing at him a little bit maybe because like I don't know I'm LeBron James uh, I can laugh at whoever I want but also just you know a bit of a a smart ass kind of giggle back at James Harden and Harden wasn't having any of it like he was grumpy he'd missed a lot of shots at that point and he just kind of blanked him gave him a bit of a grumpy stare to look away Um, I don't know it was kind of surprising to see James Harden react that way he seems like he's a pretty jovial dude Um, And yet, in the midst of the All-Star game, it's meant to be a fun sort of vacation for these guys. Uh, He was just not having any of it. So, I don't know. It was a shame to see him not be his usual self because he is, for the most part, a very entertaining player. I did expect big things from that Steph Curry, James Harden backcourt. But he was just a grumpy dude at the end of the day and uh, his stats at the end of the day showed it. Um, It was cool to see Horford put up like a Horford-ish stat line in the All-Star game. It's consistent, isn't it? Just be himself, like the the guy who you know they gave him credit for being himself by electing him to play in the All Star game. Like he said, six points, two assists, and five rebounds in 13 minutes. That's just such a Al Horford effects winning kind of thing. Like I kind of hope that we get to see a Marcus Smart equivalent of that like down the line where he has his own winning, affecting, implemented into the All-Star game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 5, 10, and what, 8? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like with a bunch six of flops. yeah, <laughs> And a bunch of flops too, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: so that was cool. And uh, one thing I noted from the All-Star game was uh, to have Kyrie Irving as the starting All-Star point guard, like we haven't really had that, I guess, since KG in terms of having this marquee, all-star player like obviously Isaiah was good you know the last few years and he was was great for our team and the sacrifices he made and whatnot but you know he sort of barely made the all-star team that he was on. He was never really taken
1: seriously as an all-star was he because he was obviously there was the hype thing and there was sort of like you know everyone thought oh you know, cute little Isaiah, blah blah blah. Obviously, had a, a tear of a season last year in terms of scoring, but you never really considered an upper echelon point guard for obvious reasons. I think mostly due to the stature. But um, yeah, Kyrie is definitely um, is definitely elite. And you know, you, you, we only we saw that um, that behind the back fake spin move that he went well, not spin move that handle that he tried to put on Giannis didn't quite pull off. But I mean, you watch <laughs> that in slow mo, and it's just a thing of beauty, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm actually. I'm going to post the link to that in the uh, description of this podcast as it goes up um, because there's a Phantom Cam like capturing of of that move, and I've never seen anything like it. He appears to like dislocate his own arm Um, or something. It's actually a testament to arms. It sounds weird, but like he does a weird sort of dislocation of his own arm and tries to get around Giannis, and then Giannis, with his own insane lanky long arms, kind of manages to like push the ball out of bounds. And it was the only time I've ever seen a turnover get posted as a highlight because it was just (laughs) a sequence of events.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's when elite hands meet elite arms. That's what you get.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Look, it's probably also worth um, shouting out Jalen Brown's 35 and I think he had 10 boards at the um, Rising Stars game as well. Uh, And he he definitely went out uh, all out of that game as well and maybe seem to take a little bit of inspiration from Kyrie Irving with some of his dribble moves that he probably doesn't have the guts to perform uh, within a Brad Stevens coached system for, for good reason. Um, but it was good to see him sort of go out of his comfort zone a little bit there and put up the points that he did in a did loss, loss, albeit. But did you, f- but, um, did you feel like did stats. you
1: feel like after his performance he should have probably been in the in the uh, dunk contest? He was really he was really like unleashing someone yeah, towards the end there.
0: The back to back through the legs dunks, like it was exciting. Yeah. I hope that he makes it into the uh, the dunk uh, contest at some point. But um, yeah, hopefully next year. Look, one thing we want to get into uh, moving on from the All-Star game uh, is post-All-Star game rotations or post-All-Star game rotation changes, rather. So uh, there's been some talk. I think it stemmed from a comment that Brad Stevens made in an interview recently where they were potentially looking to make some lineup changes, a bit of a shake-up, if you will, uh, moving into the the, the sort of latter part of the season, heading into the playoffs. Um, So there's been some posts on our subreddit our beloved uh, Boston Celtics subreddit, speculating as to what these changes could be. Uh, Jackson, what, what are your thoughts? I'm not expecting a huge shakeup.
1: I think Stevens is pretty confident in the, in the group that he's got there. Obviously, the last three games prior to All-Stars, um, some flaws are being seen in this squad a lot more. I think a lot of people are attributing that down to Marcus Smart's absence, particularly on the defensive end. Mm. Um, I think... Given if he when he is ready to come back um, to start playing again, which I think the official word was always going to be post All Star weekend, um, I. Wouldn't be too surprised if he doesn't come into the starting lineup. I think they might persevere with what they're going there. Um, I like the idea of Tice coming in for Baines. Um, I just think if that happens and Baines falls out of the rotation completely because it's like he doesn't really seem to play a lot of minutes and it seems to always be kind of bookended at the start of the games. Obviously, it's situational and he'll come in if needed and whatnot, but um, I feel like that could kill him. That would take him out of the rotation completely. But having Tice on there would be a good a good idea as well too. I mean, he can space the floor is, is his three point shot has kind of come on out of nowhere too. So having that as an extra weapon on the floor would be fantastic. Um, I think if anyone is probably likely to go uh, back to the bench, would not be Jason Tatum. He obviously, after having a fantastic start to the season, has kind of regressed slightly. Some might be saying that's back to you know his mean of what we can expect from him, um, from a rookie rather, um, at this stage of the season. Obviously, coming the college season is kind of wrapping up now. We're just about over. So he's now playing kind of longer than he is expected to. So.
0: Yeah, and I think that'd be good for him. And I think that'd be good for the team as well. Like It's no sort of secret that he appears to have hit the rookie wall and regressing his role a little bit to sort of accommodate for that is probably a good idea. Um, so a user, uh, underscore, hekti20bebekti. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, great name. Uh, made a post over 24 hours ago regarding potential lineup changes, and he put forward... Uh, this potential lineup. And you touched on Tice um, starting before, Jackson. So Kyrie uh, at the point guard, Smart, Brown, Horford, and Tice, which is, like you said, uh, an interesting potential lineup because we get that floor spacing um, that, even to some extent, Amir Johnson. Uh, with his sort of uh, wishy-washy three-point shooting gave us last year. Uh, He was
1: always open for that. Did you notice that? They never just left him completely alone. He had like five seconds to launch every shot. Yeah, exactly.
0: And he took five seconds to launch those shots and occasionally he would make them. Um, So I think that's potentially, it's a good uh, playoff starting lineup, but I am worried about then you've got Baines and Monroe, two guys who don't have an outside shot coming off the bench. Like one of those guys, probably Baines, to be honest, is going to lose their role to some degree. Uh, I don't know what sort of effect that would have on, on chemistry. Um, but this user, hecti 20 Bebekti he had some good good points. He suggested putting Smart in the starting five, which would ease playmaking pressure on Holford and Kyrie. And this gives Kyrie more of an opportunity to be an off-the-ball threat. Uh, Tyce can also space the floor, like we said, where Baines really he can't. Uh, another point is, uh, like we said, with Tatum hook hitting the rookie wall, uh, it may not be a terrible idea to bring him off the bench with slightly less minutes, but... Uh, we could revisit, revisit his spot in the starting lineup around playoff time, depending on the matchup. Uh, another user commented on, on this post, uh, so user Soups one made a good point regarding Jalen's difficulties defending some of the better small forwards in the league um, where he's generally excelled defending uh, shooting guards. So it could be interesting, but I wouldn't put it past Brad to to tamper and, and experiment with some of these lineups, which he seems to be perpetually doing. Yeah, um, it, feel, so it feels interesting.
1: It feels to me as if like this stage of the season, obviously we can't take anything for granted, but I think we've got we've got a nice buffer on Cleveland, but you think they're going to probably have a far, far better end to the season than the previous few months um, preceding the All-Star break. So they're probably going to start coming up. Toronto, I don't know how, do I, how I feel about them. I mean, obviously I've been quite impressed with some of their performances, um, Lowry and DeRozan. Have looked very well together, even if Lowry was pretty much missing in uh, the All Star game. But that's mm. probably something it's not really fair to hold against them. Um, the big thing that always has been, been around Toronto was, has been their playoff form. So um, that's something that really won't be answered or something that we really won't be able to gauge until the time comes. Obviously, they're in a purple patch of form now. It's kind of, I think it's probably the best that they've been playing all season now. And they have a fantastic bench. So we'll have to, it'll be intriguing to see how they go about it. But like getting back to the point I was trying to make is um, I think Brad might even experiment with the lineup a little bit more going into the yeah. playoffs because he does have an knack of throwing in one guy or changing one thing to great effect i think it was the was it the the Wizards series last year where he put uh, G- uh, Gerald Green in the starting lineup, or was that the Bulls? Yeah, I it, it was both. Yeah, he yeah, started
0: he, uh, halfway through the Bulls series and, and sort of went from there.
1: Yeah, that seemed to really spur on and really give us a different edge. So I think the options that we've got off the bench, like, I mean, potentially could be, you know, massive game changers in the playoff series as well. Um, so I think... Brad will probably spend the rest of the year obviously trying to win the games first and foremost, but um, managing the minutes and coming up with a few different strategies and plans to um, to take into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, well, look, if anyone can do it, it's, it's definitely Brad Stevens. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Moving on and sort of following on from the All-Star game. Uh, so uh, in an ESPN article uh, released within the last 24 hours, um, which, look, is for the most part centered around, which is typical for ESPN, centered around LeBron James. Um, One interesting tidbit to take from that is that Boston has been named by anonymous NBA pros as uh, having the best recruitment pitches. Uh, Now, I thought this was interesting. This was posted in the sub by Drop and Dimes SP. Uh, The title, Boston named best recruitment pitches according to NBA players, is taken from the ESPN article. Uh, It's split into these segments from along the lines of where will LeBron sign this season? Which coach will LeBron pair up with? Where should LeBron not sign, etc., etc. Classic ESPN. So basically, ESPN probed 48 NBA pros for free agency predictions on LeBron, and out of that came the tidbit aforementioned. So, what I want to ask you, Jackson, is who do you think actually called out the fact that Boston have uh, the best recruitment pitches? I mean, you're thinking about the people that they've potentially recruited over the years. Who do you think uh, coughed up the goods there? Hey, well, I, this was something
1: I was thinking about myself, too, and I, I couldn't really think of an obvious candidate. I mean, obviously, we tried to sign Durant a couple of years yeah. ago. He obviously ended up signing with the Warriors, so I think he was slightly more impressed by their culture, <laughs> at least by their personnel anyway. But, um, sure. I mean, a lot was made about that um, that re- uh, recruitment drive, I guess you could call it, when um, Ainge rocked up with um, with Tom Brady, and I think someone else might have been there as well. Um, so they obviously went all in. Obviously, it worked on Gordon Hayward. He was here, Um so the, there's probably a lot of players, whether or not they have have played here, they're aware of how of how, um, of how um, the, the organisation goes in recruiting them. And word of mouth just must get around that, you know, they're quite impressive. They make you feel at home. I remember, I think I listened to the the, the Gordon Haywood interview on the, the watch podcast a yeah. few months back, and he was still kind of going through the... Um, it was really fascinating, actually. He was going through the um, uh, each kind of... Uh, pitch meeting that he attended and I think it was like the Jazz, the Heat and obviously the Celtics and he was going through, you know, what, what stood out, what he liked about it and he was like really giving big raps to like the Heat and Pat Riley and how you know, what they were about and it obviously sounded very intriguing as he's talking yeah. about it you're like, shit, that sounds that, that sound good. But um, obviously I think the thing that won him over with the Celtics uh, has been a while since I've listened to it, I'd have to go back, but um, if, if Isaiah Thomas was there, I think I met him at the airport or I think Brad met him at the airport or something like that. Yeah, but um, right. Yeah, no, he, he. The I think there was the family element of it, he really Was they were gravitating towards, obviously, like not being from Boston I can only comment you know, based on what I've heard and what I've read about it but um, very sports proud city you know the Red Sox are just as a story to franchise and their respectively as the Celtics the Patriots have been perennial you know Super Bowl contenders and winners for, for years and years to come so yeah. I think like, the Celtics fit very nicely into kind of that, that fabric of what Boston offers as a sporting city so I think that's probably got something to do with it in terms of who actually said it I have no idea They probably it was probably just a passing comment too because I think they're probably all sick of all the LeBron questions because <laughs> It was yeah. like fifty of them or something. It was like Lebron this, Lebron that. He's like yeah, yeah, so, yeah uh, Boston. Yeah. So maybe that's how it went <laughs> down. But maybe they had some genuine insight into um into how the Celtics do it.
0: So in the article, an inst- uh, an Eastern rather conference guard was quoted as saying, "Boston has the best. If you bring Tom Brady, that's pretty damn cool." So we know that Tom Brady was present at Kevin Durant's uh, thing. So I-, I still think it's within Kevin Durant to sort of say. You know uh, Boston have the best recruitment processes or interviews or whatever and probably Gordon Hayward as well like you mentioned but for a guy like Durant who really the the next level up from where he was at in his career at that point was to win a ring and he's only going to get that done uh, at Golden State which you know in hindsight kind of makes sense um, I
1: I, f- I feel like the Warriors' pitch might have just been like they just bought out Steph, they bought out Draymond, they bought out Clay. They rolled the tape of like the the previous, not last year they lost that year, but the year before that, and the stats and everything that they've been throwing up, and just be like, come on, come on, here, here they are. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> just, just, just Harrison, put on the uniform and we'll get a, we'll get like five rings. Come on, and that's they're just like, yeah, sweet.
0: Harrison Barnes is you right now, man. If you can be at least as good as Harrison Barnes, then like we'll win at least one more ring. So I'll come and do that. It. Let yeah, me sleep like, on it. I'll see how. Yeah, it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, okay, I can be Harrison Barnes. Uh, Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, it's good to hear as as Celtics fans that uh, we're we're so highly regarded as a a franchise in our recruitment processes. I know it's cold as hell in Boston. Uh, So the fact that we have that championship pedigree uh, where people might look beyond the weather. I know that um, Gordon Hayward has residence in uh, San Diego, which is quite close to the Mexican border and therefore quite warm. Um, So it's probably testament to said recruiting uh, pitches that uh, he would leave the uh, sunny shores of San Diego uh, and actually, you know, take up in Boston where it's, you know, cold as hell basically all year um, by a few months in summer. Um, Moving on. So, you know, we are the unofficial uh, Celtics uh, Reddit podcast uh, and we would be remiss to not talk about the current Uh, state of the subreddit and what I mean by that is there's a bit uh, of back and forth, a bit of to and fro, Uh, there's uh, some contentiousness around the uh, state of the sub with regards to censorship by uh, the mods. So there's been a lot of talk around this on the subreddit, um, basically since its inception, but particularly lately. Um, and let's call it overzealous censorship by the mods. Uh, user Silver Stussy made a point yesterday, uh, or a post yesterday rather, simply titled this sub. Uh, and he goes on to write, what's going on every post in the last day almost has been removed. Maybe that's not very grammatically correct, but that's what he wrote. Uh, it's a ghost sub. I know it's all-star weekend, um, but is there seriously nothing to talk about? And I mean the dude, has a point. Uh, I've certainly fallen victim to it in the past where I've uh, posted what I I thought to be very relevant, very current uh, Celtics content, only to have it wiped away um, by our mods. Uh, You know, I see it all the time on a slow day on the sub where not much content is being posted. Someone will post, you know, an insignificant or somewhat, somewhat irrelevant post along the lines of, i miss isaiah thomas or do you think lebron would come to boston and then it's swiftly removed by the mods so look i understand that it's a delicate balance between quantity and quality but at the same time the the users the consumers of the content around the sub want these these things to be posted and to be discussed and debated around so i don't know i'm uh, I'm, I'm stuck i don't know what to think what do you think jackson
1: uh, in, in situations like this it's very easy to kind of fall in with the popular opinion and the popular opinion on the on the sub seems to be that it is overzealous you know there's a lot of things that are getting taken down that don't necessarily need to be that you know some mods might be on a power trip etc etc the, the fact of the matter is I, I don't know I, I don't know what's going through their minds when they delete certain content you know if they have a, a strict guideline that um, is either um, given to them, they're mandated to take care of, or they decide amongst themselves, you know, what meets the criteria of what being, what's relevant and what's not relevant. Uh, I'm not savvy to that. Um, from the sounds of it, it does sound like some of the things that they are be taking down um, is probably a little bit over the top. Some of it, you know, could very well be relevant. Some of it may not be relevant at all. But I think it's probably... We kind of just have to step back for a second, and as much as we all enjoy the, the sub, and we don't want to see the sub taken in the, in the weird directions, I think like uh, the negativity can kind of spiral out of control, particularly on social media, and we've all seen it happen in Reddit before. I'm not saying that you know it's it's uh, it's a type of uh, sub where things like that happen. The game threads can be a little bit dark, you know. If we go on like a, an zero and ten run, everything, all of a sudden, it's 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 some pretty it's some pretty extreme shit that's being said. But um, yeah. look, for the most part, I think everyone is pretty. I've never seen any content on there that i've thought is seriously inappropriate and either that is because it's getting removed or it's just not getting posted there i really don't have a a, an insight as to how it goes down i'm sure some people might listen to this and be like yeah you're wrong here's at 800 examples of when something was relevant got taken down that might be the case but i mean I'm, i'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt Maybe they did take down things that were a bit you know that they didn't need to, maybe they were just you know taking down things that they saw were inappropriate. I'm not too sure, and I think at the end of the day, it's not the biggest deal in the world if it's going down like this, but um hey i, I could be wrong, I could be very naive to to what's going down. it could be a lot worse than it seems, but i'm I'm not too stressed out about it, put it that way,
0: yeah, no that's fair enough, and look they they do do a good job um for the most part. So the mods, uh, they put up a sticky post, uh, on the sub just called post removals, where they basically acknowledge the issue and, you know, credit to them for actually acknowledging the issue and inviting feedback. I don't know, uh, if it's an issue of offensive content. I, I definitely like if someone posts something offensive, I am 100% agree that they should remove that content, but you know, um, at the moment, uh, we're in a state in the, in the sub where we can't post Celtics highlights. And there's a user, um, Timmy, I think he's from Poland. I hope I'm getting that right. I didn't do my research before the podcast. Apologies, Timmy. But he uh, does a great job of, of compiling all of the Celtics highlights and putting them together uh, and posting them on the subreddit. And we're very lucky as fans of our team to have someone to do that for us. But I feel like I should be able to post um, you know, a 12-year-old clip of Paul Pierce like hitting a clutch game-winning shot and like that should not be removed from the subreddit because like, it's a Celtics subreddit, it's Paul Pierce, that's a clip that makes me feel good to watch. Uh, I'm sure that other Celtics fans feel the same way. And to post something like that only to have it um, removed, I think um, is sort of counterintuitive to what the community is all about. So there's a lot of discourse, there's a lot of discussion on the sub, which is probably going to be forever ongoing. Um, and there's a lot of sides... Uh, to that but uh, I think it's an interesting ongoing discussion Uh, if you have uh, your own thoughts about that and you want us to discuss them on the pod we set up our Twitter account today along with our SoundCloud account uh, and our first episode of the podcast, you could reach us at rcelticspod or you can find us uh, on the subreddit, we're going to be posting this uh, episode online so feel free to uh, message us once you see our usernames um, and let us know what you think about that current issue Uh, any final thoughts on that Jackson?
1: I think uh, at the end of the day, all we really want is probably transparency. You know, if something was taken down, we'd like to be given a good reason as to why it was. I don't know what the volume of, of uh, content that they have to moderate or take down is, you know, on a daily basis, or obviously that would spike during games and be down during probably times like this. But I mean, if, if something is, does... If something like, for example, a classic, you know, Celtics highlight, or something on this day, twenty five years ago, this buzzer beater went in to beat the Clippers, or something—I don't know—like I welcome things like that. Obviously, uh, if that's not appropriate for the sub, I guess the least they could do is, is explain to us why. So hopefully, there can be a bit more harmony and transparency in the future.
0: Yeah, and good on them for at least opening the conversation. But I say let the upvotes and the downvotes do the talking. Let the community say what goes up and and what goes down uh look uh we're almost done here for episode one of the unofficial celtics reddit podcast uh we need to talk about the upcoming games uh like i mentioned up the top um it has been a bit of a drought um i don't know what else you guys do to pass the time i pretty much just watch celtics games and read about the celtics so um aside from the all-star game my life's been pretty boring um so i'm looking forward to a double header this weekend so if you're in australia uh, or in a nearby time zone. Saturday and Sunday, uh, we've got a matchup against the Pistons and the Knicks. That'll be Friday night and Saturday night if you're in or near the USA. So with those upcoming games, the Pistons, who we face um, on our Saturday, so far, we're 1-1 one and one against the Pistons this year. Uh, we average 99.5 points per game against Detroit, which is below our season average of 103.1 points per game. Uh, We played them on the 28th of November and the 11th of December. In November, we lost 108 to... uh, I've got the wrong stats here. 108 to 188. I think it was 108 to 98 uh, in Detroit. And Tobias Harris, who no longer plays for them, which I'm excited to say because he's not going to be there to screw us over again. He went for 31 points and 8 rebounds. Reggie Jackson, he's injured, also no longer there due to injury, put up 20 points. And in that game, Marcus Smart, who will hopefully be back, uh, put up 23, 6, and 3. Now, we won against the Pistons 91-81 uh, to 81, uh, in December when we played them at TD Garden. Tobias Harris, again, was the Pistons' uh, top scorer with 19 points. In a low-scoring game, Al led the way uh, with 18, 6, and 9. Jackson, any thoughts on the matchup with the Pistons?
1: Uh, it's going to be a bit of a different beast this time around because obviously they've since acquired Blake Griffin. They've traded away, uh, as you said, to Tobias Harris and also Avery Bradley. It's always yeah. nice to see him back at TD, but he's not going to be. Well, he was just there, wasn't he? And it wasn't that nice to see him because they won, didn't, no. play one, didn't it's they? Actually, terrible um, so um, yeah, no. It look, will be interesting because the Pistons went on a bit of a tear as soon as they got Blake Griffin. I think was it? Did they win five in a row or four in a row? But um, they yeah. since have dropped games to is it the Pelicans and the Hawks before they beat the Hawks uh, just before the uh, All Star break. So it's going to be interesting to see how. Um, um, how that game unfolds. I'm expecting, I mean I always expect the Celtics to win. Um I'm hoping we can get a bit of a uh, a bit of our groove back. We do have a better record uh just marginally on the road than we do at home. 21-11 at home and 19 and 8 on the road. So that's um what's that that's plus 50 on the road just sub at home. No, that's sub 50. Never, mind. you know what I'm trying to say. Here. 19 yeah. and 8 on the road, 20 21-11 at home. So um I think we uh, I give us a good chance in this one. We do seem to just have an awful night when another team's big man a star big man is on I remember Drummond just tortured us the first time we played them this season I remember Anthony Davis doing something similar um when we played uh New Orleans not that long ago so hopefully that um Drummond has a bit of an off night um uh yeah so we can I can I'm optimistic that we'll get it done but um, I think that's going to be quite a tough game
0: yeah, it should be a tough game with Griffin and Drummond banging down low, but they don't quite have the personnel um, out beyond the arc to, to sort of space the floor um, and relieve some of the defensive pressure off yeah, those two so guys. So it's I'm it's hoping um, that if we can throw enough bodies at them, you know, maybe bring Shemi uh, Ojale in for some from solid minutes off the bench to just bang down low with uh, Blake Griffin, you know, and obviously. Something got- I think
1: could rec- Sorry to cut off. Something I think would really work is uh, Greg Monroe. Obviously, he played in Detroit for uh, a few seasons there, so he could be uh, quite, uh, quite savvy to play. Uh- some of the moves that uh, Andre Drummond might, might put in. So if uh, Munro can get some more minutes in here and can hopefully nullify um, some of the threat that uh, Drummond poses or even Griffin to that extent as well too, I think that could give us a bit of an advantage.
0: Yeah, absolutely. and That's a really good point and I'm just glad that Greg Monroe is no longer on another team to destroy us because Tommy Heinsohn yes. always brings this <laughs> up whenever we play a Greg Monroe team, whether it be Phoenix or the Bucks or Detroit, that they he always kills us down low. So even if we just have him on the bench the whole time and like obviously I want to see him play, the fact that he's not out there to kill us in the paint uh, is definitely a good thing. So hopefully that's we come fair. away with a win. Uh, that's on, uh, I don't want to keep referring to the different timelines, so I'm just going to say Saturday because that's when it is for me. Saturday at 11 a.m. Sydney, folks. Knicks on Sunday. Now we're two and one against the Knicks this year. Uh, the last matchup we had, uh, one of our few blowouts of the season, winning 103-73. to don't remember seeing Gino... Uh, on the, uh, the Jumbotron in that game, but that's fine. I, I, I see him in my mind. mind. <laughs> uh, this was an amazing, uh, this was the amazing T-Row uh, triple-double game. Uh, so we were without Kyrie, but in this blowout, uh, it was T-Row, T-Row, three sticks, Terry Rozier, who, uh, you know, pushed out the triple-double in his first career start, which was great. Now, while Zinger, Borzingas won't be playing. Cantor put up 17 points and 17 boards against us last game, which is something to Another look out for man. in this matchup. Yeah, and he just seems to... And this goes beyond our roster shakeup um, from this year. Years prior, we seem to just be dominated on the boards by these big men. And like Cantor, I wouldn't say, is a particularly dominant big man on the boards or even on the defensive end, um, but somehow these guys seem to show up whenever they play us. So that's interesting one other point I want to make is we suffered a bad beat uh, in the one game we've played in Madison Square Garden and this game on Sunday is in Madison Square Garden uh, we lost 102 to 93 where Michael Beasley who thankfully is on my fantasy team at least so there's some uh, something I can take away from that he went off for 32 points and 12 rebounds so I don't know what what do you think about our matchup with the Knicks so far and keeping in mind that uh, you know Porzingis is out for this game Jackson
1: well, I think if uh, if Cantor doesn't go 17 and 17, and Beasley doesn't have another career night, I think we should be able to um, to handle it. Obviously, not having uh, Pazingas in there is an advantage, although he has been quite anonymous the two times prior uh, this season that um, that we've played him. So that would I don't think that was really would be much of an issue. However, like you know, he can explode, he can get it going, so it's obviously an advantage for him to be out. Um, again, I think a lot of it rests on what Brad's going to do with the lineup if uh, Smart is and comes back in, I'm expecting him to have a really, really solid performance. I think given the whole, you know, the circumstances and why he's been out injured for so long, um, the emergence, Terry Rozier, is, as you said, his uh, first career triple-double off his start, and then also I think he was a career high the very next game. Yeah, while, deputizing for, yeah, while deputizing. Yeah, while deputising for um, Kyrie Irving has kind of pushed his value up a bit now. So I think he also would have heard the trade Rumors that were flying around as sure. well too, so I'm expecting him to come back and um, and, and really perform. Whether you know that means that his shooting has gotten better or he just disregards shooting and just plays lockdown defense a little bit more. I'm hoping that the uh, All Star break has rejuvenated Kyrie. I hope it's rejuvenated Jalen Brown. I hope it's the whole giving the whole squad a chance just to just to uh, you know take a deep breath, work some things out. Brad's obviously got a plan, so um, I'm really hoping and really. Let's say, I'm gonna be honest. I'm just expecting us to go two and zero against uh, in these next two games, and uh, going forward into the rest of the year, hopefully, rest of the schedule, rather um, some more some more positivity than you know, the last um, the last month or two has uh, has brought us. Yeah,
0: yeah, I completely agree. I expect us to go two and zero this weekend. Um, I think we <laughs> on an emotional level need that as fans. Like I think yeah. we dropped the last three games or so heading into the All Star break or thereabouts. Um, and, like, my day is uh, uh, made or broken by uh, the Celtics' results. So, um, I, I really need us to win these two games, um, and I really expect them to win, like you said, Jackson. So, um, hopefully that's the case. And, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see what Brad Stevens does with the lineups between now and the playoffs. I think there's roughly 27 games remaining in the season. Um, so, we're really on the home stretch. And, look, we're going to make the playoffs, whether we make the first seed or not. Um Look, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how we perform uh, from the playoffs onwards. Um, I would dare say that Brad has not played his best hand yet. I would dare say that Kyrie has not yet played his best hand. And it's going to be exciting to see what the evolution is uh, from this team. Uh, Look, all right. uh, That seems like as good a point as any to end this on. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for joining us for episode one of the Unofficial Celtics Reddit Podcast. A reminder to please subscribe to our podcast and rate us five stars. We're going to be back in a week or so for episode two. Until then, Jackson, it's been real, man. Thanks for coming on. This was fun.
1: Likewise, man. Cheers. Looking forward to it
0: next week. Yeah, sounds good. All right. See you guys. See you next week. Peace.